So, turns out Kirill Kaprizov was a little upset about what happened against the Kings. We recap a 4-1 to win for the Minnesota Wild today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked on Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we recap a 4-1 to win for the Minnesota Wild over the Anaheim Ducks, in which Kirill Kaprizov got back on the scoreboard. The Wild snapped a lengthy scoreless drought. Philip Gustafson and the penalty kill were absolutely great. So a lot to like from last night's game. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. 159 minutes, 45 seconds. Think about what you can do in that amount of time. That was the scoreless drought for the Minnesota Wild encompassing the Kraken game, the Kings game, and the first portion of the Anaheim Ducks game, and even going back a little bit into the uh, Montreal Canadiens game. uh, It has been a while since the the Wild have scored goals, and the issues that stemmed from that were against the Kraken, just the inability to generate any sort of sustained zone presence uh, against the Kings. Same thing. And so uh, the Wild were able to get back to being able to possess the puck for lengthy stretches and pepper the net uh, with shots in this one. And yes, it was a good performance, and the Wild looked good pretty much throughout the game. It was against the Anaheim Ducks. But at the same time, the Wild certainly could have come into this one and done the same things that they did over the last couple of games and made this way more difficult than it needed to be. But uh, they did get the job done. It seemed early on like we were getting some of those otherworldly, you know, hockey gods against us type bounces. I mean, Adam Beckman had the shot that hit the post and just happened to trickle through the crease And it was just good to see the team take advantage of a shaky John Gibson after what we saw from the last couple of games uh, against uh, the likes of Martin Jones and also Jonathan Quick. Neither player there really on their A game uh, as much, although maybe Quick to an extent. So it was good to see the Wilds take advantage of a goalie that was uh, kind of fighting it throughout the course of the game. And we saw the power play get back to their success. We saw the penalty kill continue, not just in uptick, but domination that they have had over the last couple of games. But I think the biggest one to pull from last night's game is that we may be seeing Philip Gustafson figure a few things out, um, after another strong performance, had some really, really tricky saves. But I think he is 
repeating what has kind of been a common theme for Marc-Andre Fleury over his return to form this season is just staying quiet in the net and not trying to be too anticipatory of what is going to happen, simply reacting to what is going on at the ice at any given moment. And the defense has rightfully stepped up their play as well, which has led to fewer shots getting through. And so I think it's been kind of this one-two punch of the defense stopping players from coming right up in front of the net to, uh, to score or to try to score. And also the goalie's making a large majority of the saves that, um, that they're expected to make. And even the ones that are supposed to be goals for the other team. You look at the numbers. I mean, Flurry's goals against average is right around three. Gustafson pulled his down with this performance to just above uh, 3.15. And so we're seeing the goaltending really start to get some confidence rolling uh, with this team. And as much as this offense has struggled at times to possess the puck, that's going to be important because we are going to need instances like we saw against Montreal in which Fleury is able to keep the Canadians scoreless through the first period while things kind of get figured out. And it'll look better as players come back. I think tomorrow will be a, uh, a really good indication of just how much we have missed the most dangerous defensive line in all of hockey uh, if we are indeed able to see them out on the ice together, that's going to further help, but that's also going to help you know, with some of the things we've seen offensively as well. So collectively, it was a really good performance by the, uh, the Minnesota Wilds. They got all the, you got all the pieces you're looking for uh, throughout the course of a game. You got power play goals. You got successful penalty kills. You got a couple of even strength goals, a good goalie performance, and all four lines being able to uh, to contribute and chip in to the victory. I mean, you look up and down the lineup, the Kaprizov line, as you'd expect, was doing their thing, but all the way down to the, uh, the Rossi line, they had some really, really good opportunities and, in fact, were absolutely vital to springing Matt Dumba for his goal because of some battles that they won along the boards. And then you see Joseph Cramrosa get rewarded on the fourth line with the goal. And so you're getting solid, consistent zone presence from all four lines, which leads to more shot opportunities, leads to more opportunities for big rebounds. And uh, there were certainly plenty of those last night against Gibson, but it's it's like we said after the uh, the game against the Kings. You can't score if you don't possess the puck, and so possessing the puck leads to more shot opportunities, which leads to more instances in which you get bad rebounds, players in front of the net for deflections, and it just it's a trickle-down effect that just leads to your offense doing better things 
And it all stems from simply being able to possess the puck, to be able to win those battles, to keep the puck in the zone, to be able to do all those little things to control the puck and control the flow of the game. So glad to see the Wilds get back to that in last night's game. And um, looking forward to seeing what they do for an encore against the Seattle Kraken. But we'll, we'll talk more at length tomorrow about the Kraken and how to kind of fix what went wrong the last time these two teams matched up. But all in all, a good win for the Wild against the, uh, the Anaheim Ducks last night. And uh, nice to, uh, to pick one up uh, on the road to even things up here in the month of November so far at 2-2. Two and two. Not that anyone's counting. Uh, me and Zach might be, but uh, a good win. And uh, there's still plenty to discuss. We're still going to talk about the penalty kill and what they've been able to do to kind of rebound. We'll talk about the power play as well, and we're going to dive a little more into Philip Gustafson and the goalie situation. All that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Wilds. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by BetOnline.net. They are your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football and basketball to soccer and esports, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well at BetOnline. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen of the day, make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. All the sports, all the biggest games, all the biggest stories all in one place. Locked on Sports Today is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Courtesy of our friends Brett Marshall at Sound the Foghorn, the Minnesota Wilds penalty kill over the last five games. They are 10 of 12. And in those 12 penalty kills, they have faced a total of 23 shots and seven high danger chances. And it's a two-pronged two-pronged approach, which has led to the penalty kill being able to uh, to really sort of ratchet up their performance. Number one being the return of Jordan Greenway, and he was huge in kind of helping get the lineups for that penalty kill unit shuffled more towards normal uh, against the Kings. Now, didn't play last night, and that was part of the plan was uh, for him to play the first of the back-to-back. I'd imagine he'll get into the lineup again against the Kraken. But number one, the goalies, both Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson, have been very good over the last several penalty kills at uh, just not bending. They have not allowed the opponents to uh, take advantage of the extra attacker. Um and at times, the Wilds have maybe not been able to get the puck out of the zone. It seems like that's when the goalies have stepped up the most. And you saw it in last night's game. There were a couple of instances in which the Ducks had some real extended um, 
real extended time in the wild end of the ice. And Gustafson made some very nice saves, uh, especially on those first two power plays for the Ducks. As they had, I think, nine shots on uh, on the power play. And so they were getting peppered pretty good on those first two, but Gustafson just was not phased. He He did what he needed to do. And you look at what was so not great about the penalty kill last year for the Wild is that they had the lowest save percentage in the entire NHL on the penalty kill. And so the defense can, you can do whatever you want on defense. If you're not getting the stops on the penalty kill, that's a problem. And so far this year, the Wilds have been getting much better goaltending in the penalty kill. But it, like, like I said about just the goaltending in general, is the team has done a much better job of keeping teams from getting those looks right up in front of the net. They have kept them to the perimeter side against the Ducks, is that a lot of those shots came from the far reaches of the uh, the wild zone. And at that point, your probability of the shot being outside of the crease, being wide left, wide right, high, the probability is much higher, which is a much easier thing for a goalie to step up against. You know, if you have a shot that is above the uh, above the crossbar, you don't really have to do anything about it because there's no chance unless somebody is unless somebody is able to reach up and bat it down with their stick, in which case that's not a goal. So by keeping the shots to the far reaches of the zone, the Wilds have dramatically upped their blocked shots per game. That was a problem early in the season too is now you have players blocking shots and being able to stop the ones that have the best chance of um, of getting to the goalie. And also it seems like the, the lanes of vision are just so much more clear for both Flurry and Gustafson that the shots that they are facing, they have a clear view of so that they can make the save and not have to try to fight through traffic. So... It's a lot of little things that have come together to lead to this penalty kill being on now nine straight penalties killed. And, um, you know, that, that Ducks team has some weapons. It's, it's not like they're, I mean, look at what Trevor Zegers did. Granted, it didn't count. They've got some really talented players on that Ducks team, and especially when they are able to use them in a man advantage situation. And uh, it just... It is, we're seeing the aggressiveness. That's another aspect of it. We're seeing the aggressiveness from the uh, the wild penalty killers to force teams to make decisions before they're ready to do so. And that often leads to a bad pass. How many times did we see it throughout the course of the game last night is the Ducks would try to pass it across the zone. And because it's a rushed pass, because there is somebody bearing down on that Ducks player, the pass ends up being behind the intended target, uh, uh, in front of the intended target, which means that they're not able to tic-tac-toe 
the uh, the pass as quickly as they'd like to. So the aggressiveness, and this is something that we're going to just have to kind of accept throughout the season, is that the aggressiveness is going to work in instances in which a team isn't able to get everything fully set right off the right off the bat. If you are behind and uh, your penalty kill doesn't look or your power play doesn't look crisp to start things, then you're going to be fighting an uphill battle against a team that is aggressively trying to keep you from scoring. So there will be teams that just make good plays and uh, are able to kind of feed off of that aggressiveness, but I would rather a million times out of a million have an aggressive penalty kill that's going out and trying to stop teams from doing what they want to do as opposed to a penalty kill that just sits and waits and allows teams to set things up, allows teams to just try to catch you off guard to uh, to score a goal. So penalty kill has been great, and uh, it's it's a team effort that has led to that unit being able to uh, get things done. We'll finish by discussing the power play a little bit, and uh, we'll look at uh, some of the things that have led to the resurgence of Philip Gustafson in his last couple of starts. We'll do that after this here on Locked on Wild. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked on NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL. Locked on NHL is available on your favorite podcast platforms. Two more power play goals for the Wild last night, and uh, it was just, it was vintage Kirill Kaprizov and vintage Matt Zuccarello that led to the Wild being able to take advantage of those opportunities. Dean Evison said it after the game against the Kings. It's like one power play. How, what, what's going on? And we did look at just seeing you know, what the penalties were for the Wild. And so, you know, some of those penalties for the Wild were retaliatory for sure, but uh, I think he had a point that uh, there just were not really any calls, it seems, on the Wild. And so we had some against the Ducks, and the Wild were able to take advantage. Now, it had been a little bit since the top power play unit had uh, been able to convert on these opportunities. And I think a lot of what was leading to it not working kind of stems from what we saw last year in that there just was not a lot of puck movement and the Wild were kind of getting stuck out on the edges of the zone and not able to uh, to really get in and dissect the penalty kill defense. Zone entries also were a big problem over the last few games um, on the power play, so Nice to see all of that get righted, and you look at what led to the two power play goals in the first one, um, a shot towards the net, Kirill Kaprizov able to get it to deflect off of Dmitry Kulikov and up and in to the uh, up and into the net past John Gibson. That was the first power play goal, and uh, the other was just hot potato between Kaprizov and Zuccarello uh, and Kaprizov able to just 
tuck that thing home uh, past John Gibson on just a, a great feed from Zuccarello. So we were seeing the puck be moved around, seeing movements by the players on the power play. And if we get that consistently, that is, I will stand by it. That is going to be one of the tougher power play units to stop when they're doing their thing. So uh, got to see that last night, and it was very good to see uh, the Wild be able to take advantage of those opportunities and uh, just add it to what was uh, a really solid game for uh, this team overall. Now, goalie-wise, Philip Gustafson, we talked about it in his first start against the Colorado Avalanche, you know, not able to, and even against the Kings in relief, you're not getting those base-level saves, which is a problem. Well, we're getting those now, and then some, but I think, and Gustafson's play style is to be more of a stay-at-home, kind of quiet goalie, but I think both him and Marc-Andre Fleury have benefited from much better defense in front, and it's the same things that we talk about on the penalty kill, is that the team is defensively doing a much better job of blocking shots, doing a much better job of preventing shots from getting through and keeping those vision lanes clear to allow for easy saves and just keeping shots from the edges of the zone. The Wild have done a much better job of keeping things quiet um, from right in front of the net, not allowing players to just kind of camp there and uh, and grab the rebounds. Now that is going to continue to be a work in progress and will be something that I think will improve even more once the grief line is able to unite and uh, be out there on the ice as well. So it's it's been just some stylistic things that have led to this goalie tandem playing really well. And even in the loss against Detroit, uh, two to one, you know, you saw some really good things from Gustafson making some big saves, and uh, more importantly, just I think learning from what happened in those first couple of games against the Kings and the Avalanche is just to not let things snowball and. When a team is kind of on its heels, when it, they're not able to get anything generated offensively, you as a goalie have to be on your A game to be able to kind of hold serve until the team in front of you is able to figure it out and fight through it. So I think that mentality, that understanding by those two guys has helped them just realize in that moment of, hey, you know, looks like the looks like the guys are struggling a little bit here. I better make sure that I'm on top of my game so that uh, they get the confidence of we can uh, we can still win this thing. We are not out of it. I, I look at the game against the Kings, those huge penalty kills, and Flurry keeping the game scoreless as long as he did. That I think led to the Wilds being able to fight through some of the things they were dealing with and uh, and try to stay in that game. Ultimately, they didn't end up getting it done, but if your goalies can keep the other team from scoring, sounds cliche, but if your goalies can keep the other team from scoring, 
that gives you an opportunity to find something that works to be able to score in your own right. So it looked like, I think even one of the titles of one of our episodes early on in the season is we're three games in and neither goalie has it. Well, I think we can safely say now we are approaching the midway point of November and both goalies are playing their best hockey of the season and have been extremely impressive over their last few starts each. And we said it in the postcast with Kevin Gorg that Flurry's still going to get the lion's share of starts as long as he is effective and productive, but super inspiring not only for this year, but beyond if Philip Gustafson continues to show that he is capable of this, and it's not going to be every night. You're not going to get those types of performances every single night of the year, but while this offense waits for players to get back and get healthy, if you show as a goalie that you are capable of a few performances here and there of just flat out not allowing the other team to score, that goes a long way. And for a team that is waiting for Jesper Volstead to uh, to build up some performances down in Iowa. If this goalie tandem plays rock solid here this season, then you, I think, have full confidence in, in running it back with these two next year. Now, Fleury will be a year older, but if Gustafson's performance continues to improve, then you feel confident, I think, even having him here longer than just next year. But might be getting a little ahead of the cart here with that one. Um, but just at this point in the season, just food for thought that if Gustafson's performance continues to look really good, he could factor into the long-term plans for this team as a backup, maybe a 1B, until Volstead is is ready to fully take the job here in a couple of years. So, it all, it's all connected, and it's all about moving things forward uh, for this team once, once these buyouts are finished. If you can get a backup goalie for cheap to go along with a rookie goalie on a rookie contract, Chuck Norris seal of approval on that one. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. Again, we'll take a look at the Kraken and uh, what they have been doing so well over the last several games to get them to where they're at right now. We'll take a look at that for tomorrow's episode. But uh, for now, now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. All the biggest stories, all the biggest sports, all in one place. Locked On Sports Today is available on your favorite podcast platforms wherever you listen. Just like Locked on Wild, so make sure you follow on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed on your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure to turn the notification button on so you don't miss out on any of our future videos, keeping you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild. We are keeping you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.